0: Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions, and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mix Club page or listen live at sohoradiolondon.com.
1: Jazz is the thing, jazz is the king, and, uh, and also the queen, talking of which, here's Cassie Kenoshi. Hello, Cassie.
0: Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be speaking to you. Now, um, I'm doing this from uh, my studio at home, but you are where? You're in another studio.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't remember what it's called. Music Bank, I think, in Acton, uh, rehearsing with Kokoroko for our BBC Proms show on Monday. So.
1: So will you be performing Land of Hope
0: and Glory? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but we are performing like um some of the, you know, the usual plus a couple of new tunes that would be that we're working on today. So
1: Yeah, now just just um define Cassie Kenoshi for those listeners who may not have heard of you though. I cannot understand why they haven't, but carry on. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um uh, I guess um Saxophonist and composer. So playing um a few bands, like, obviously, Kokoroko, that's um, rehearsing today. Um, the Jazz Septet um and we released our first album last year. And then I also lead the 10-piece ensemble, Seed Ensemble, uh, as well. And then I do a couple other things, like writing for theatre and film and collaborating in that sense. So.
1: You are non-stop. Um, <laughs> and uh, and in, in the past, I've... I mean, I've just been so smitten, by the way, by your arrangements. Thank you. That I do think about Mingus. I just do. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you are um, a brilliant, brilliant musician. Um, Now, uh, I thought that maybe we should start off with something from the Seed Ensemble. And... uh, Since you are no stranger to controversy, um, if that's what it is, uh, I thought I'd play uh, Wake for Grenfell. Uh, I see. Brilliant. Uh, Do you want want to tell us something about it?
0: Yeah. um, So it was written shortly after, um, obviously, the Grenfell Tower tragedy. Um, And I am a really big fan of the poet Langston Hughes. So I have his anthology, one of his anthologies, and I was just flicking through it and I... Insta- i saw that poem and it instantly summed up uh, a lot of the feelings i had about the grenfell tower tragedy you know anger sadness and just knowing how something like this could be preventing and knowing that it's so it's kind of sums up a lot of the classist and racist systems that british society is kind of um built upon um the systems that uh, you know a lot has come to light um recently as well that um sum it up a bit more so yeah this um took the words of langston hughes and wrote this for our debut album drift Glass, um just to express how i feel and in
1: fact this chant that we that starts it off um mm. it is langston hughes
0: yeah that, that is yeah exactly they are his words that is the poem it's a very short poem it's just four lines i think um and that's the whole the lyrics of the whole song okay here it comes
1: For Gremville by the Seed Ensemble and we're extremely lucky to have the leader of the Seed Ensemble with us by telephone today. So hi Cassie. Hello. Hi. Um yeah, that's that certainly packs a punch, that tune. Very powerful. I mean, music is a weapon, as Fella said, and and that one certainly strikes. Um who's doing the singing? Cerise Adams Bennett. And and is she a regular yeah scene,
0: so. yeah um well yeah i guess in terms of this album so she's like she's on this tune and then the tune the drift glass um no the drift glass the dream keeper sorry um so she's singing on both of those um and we've mainly worked that she performed with seed a, a couple of times i think the last time was um total refreshment center did um barbican uh like april last year um and they got all these uh different bands and she performed with us there which was great um, yeah, so I've worked with her in different formats,
1: and um, and but but the but the scene ensemble is uh, was, is, continues to be an amazing array of talent from the kind of the new generation jazzers. Um, so you, you know, you've mm. well, that you've got so many amazing people like Shirley Tete the guitarist mm. and Dion Cross, the tuba player, although now you have a new tuba player.
0: Yeah, we've um, recently just because Theo and like has so much work that he's doing and like he's been um, like touring extensively with Sons of Kemet and doing all sorts of stuff. So like obviously whilst we still ask him to be involved when he can. Like our new tuba player is Hannah Buyam and so she's on Soweto Kinch's new um, The Black Peril and she's also performed like Jason Moran. So she's on one of our newest additions to the band. Um. So how
1: do you explain this current total flourishing of uh, of a new um young bl- mostly black uh, just amazing jazz experience that's happening in london uh, you know there, there there are almost too many names to reel off
0: mm. well i don't know i think there's um the particular slice of the jazz thing i think you're referencing I think um a lot of the people that have come through that um or are part of driving that part are um came through tomorrow's warriors. So growing up together and Connecticut as well. So growing up together, playing all sorts of music, learning jazz tradition, learning like marching band tradition and then some of those people then going to whichever conservatoires in London and then um meeting there and learning together there and then becoming subsequently becoming what is that slice of the London scene. Um, so I think it's just like, there's, um, it's flourished because there's like a community sense, everyone's friends, everyone's just collaborating and doing their thing. And it's just, beca- I guess people have just noticed that um, it's existing and, and becoming something really rather than it being like um, anything else, like, Oh, um, like pushing something just for the sake of it. I think it's just like there's a spotlight at the moment on what's happening. But I will say like there are other um, slices of the London jazz scene as, as well. I mean, I wish there was a bit more crossover between all of them. Um, but there's like, um, I guess the one where it's like Theon, Moses, the buyer, et cetera, Femi, uh, corleoso is a particular slice of the scene.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you said I'd seen you tweet um how, how with such an array of talent how come anyone doesn't think that there's something strange about having a band that plays jazz that has only got white people in it
0: yeah i mean i think to comment on that i think if you're firstly jazz is a black american like comes from a black american tradition and is steeped in black blackness really um and has become you know there's the black american interpretation of jazz um, where it started but there's also like the black british experience uh, but regardless of that it comes from oppression it comes from celebration of black culture of african and caribbean culture so i think if you're gonna have a band which is um playing that kind of music, it seems a little strange to me that there aren't people from that culture in the band, but especially more so if you're based in a diverse city like London or Manchester or wherever, there's so many people from all over playing the genre of music, it doesn't make sense to only have white people in a band playing black music, to me.
1: I, I yeah, I totally mm. agree. And I think it's also true of theatre. I don't understand... Yeah all-white cast and, uh, you know, having worked in theatre for decades, mm. um, like, I think we came to that decision 40 years ago and did something about it. I don't know, mm. I'm not quite sure why the rest of the country hasn't moved, and it's kind of worrying given given the rise of the right in this country. Mm. Um I, you know, I mean, I know they're always there, they're always rats in the sewers, but they don't necessarily <laughs> come up anyway. Um, mm. so, uh, that was a bit political, so, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, another thing I was going to say was I was mm. lucky enough to be at your finals concert. I don't know how, long oh, ago
0: yeah, that was. I remember <laughs> that was in 2015,
1: <laughs> yeah, so quite a long time ago. But mm. what was great about it and showed the power of tomorrow's warriors um as a it's that community thing they uh, you know musicians from that organization came and played with you uh Mm. you know for your final show and uh, that that just it just felt like family it was
0: yeah definitely no that was such a beautiful experience i think just um being able to have the tomorrow's warriors youth jazz Band play, um, big band play, but then also have Nathaniel Facey there on first alto saxophone. Um, yeah, like it's yeah, that's what I think I mean when everyone's sort of grown up together. We've all been a part of different moments of each other's life through music and outside of music uh, in some capacity.
1: Yeah, I, I think we're just really lucky that that this is happening so close Mm. to us here well I was going to say here in London but of course I'm in Oxford but Oxford is a sort (laughs) of extension of London Um, yeah so uh, you've chosen um, some uh, tunes to play us by other people and Mm -hmm. they're sort of uh, still within the family really so Mm. there's one here from an album called Ampophenia Ampophenia Mm -hmm. yeah Ap- apophenia apophenia <laughs> there we are apophenia. yeah <laughs>
0: do, do you
1: know what it means
0: i actually don't i saw it oh i read so i think miguel did an interview about it and i read a bit of it and it's like some kind of concept or philosophical thing i think yeah I'm not i, th- I sure. think it's all i think it's <laughs> yeah. kind of
1: all about getting things wrong okay so, so you put a logical case together but it's mm. wrong, and okay. I think I think that that's ap- apophenia. I mean, it's another way of saying you're not really understanding what you're looking at. I oh, think. fair enough. I think that's what it is. But mm. you know, if if Miguel is listening, he can put me right. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's called uh, la Nausée, which mm. means probably nausea. Does it? <laughs>
0: I think so. My French is not so good, but I think the reason I chose it was more for the, the sound of it than the, of that, the, the arrangement and how brilliant the arrangement is um, and the playing is than the name. I didn't know it meant the nausea. <laughs> so so are you saying that the, the
1: arrangement's so good that it makes you feel sick?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he's saying. I don't know.
1: <laughs> OK, so uh, let's listen to it. La Nosee miguel gorodi none oh Uh, oh wait a minute i see ah the joys of the home studio just (laughs) just a minute he's coming up any moment um tell us a little more about him while i find this sorry
0: um so miguel um was the first trumpeter in Seed Ensemble until recently. And um like so we've been working together since 2016, since so when the band formed and so he's on the Drift Blast album, like incredible trumpet player. And like I remember so he was introduced to me by the drummer in um Seed Patrick. And and he started, he mentioned like a couple of years ago that he's got his nonets and his nine piece and he's working on. So I went to see one of their first gigs um, and it was, I thought it was brilliant, really brilliant writing. Like can hear all the influences and all of Steve Layman influence and stuff in it. But I just think it's a really lovely um, album and I really enjoy listening to it.
1: Okay, now I've got my thoughts in order and I've got, yeah. I've got the track to go. So it's Miguel Garodi and his Never yes, mind. Yes, exactly non-ed.
0: and he's the trumpet player.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Here it comes. Mm. La Noze. By Miguel Garodi uh, and his Nonette, a nine piece. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the voice you can hear there is Kasikinoshi from the Seed Ensemble and many other adventures. Um, and she's my guest right now on the Late Lunch Show here on Soho Radio. So um, I'm, I'm also thinking that probably La Norse might well refer to Nausea, which is a French novel by Camus, but I may be wrong.
0: Oh, potentially. I can imagine that Miguel is probably deeply into something yeah. like that. So, yeah.
1: So <laughs> yeah. He's, he's deep, that Miguel. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: <laughs> indeed. <laughs>
1: um, sorry, I've just made you very loud, but I've just made you a bit quieter. That's good. You don't you see, like, when there's only one person in the studio, sometimes you get a few little engineering details that you don't <laughs> really need. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so. Um, you're, you're with uh, Kokoroko at the moment rehearsing, and you're going to do a BBC prom on Monday. And, yes, and, yeah. And how's that going to work in terms of uh, social distancing and, and all that?
0: Well, I was wondering that myself. So, I actually, I mean, I watched um, from home on TV, I watched the proms yesterday. So, I think it was like their Baroque evening with lots of Baroque music and Nicola Benedetti and all sorts. Of, and I noticed that the whole of the Royal Albert Hall is empty, it's completely empty. So um social distancing wise, there's no audience. Um but I think you know everything's mixed to sort of sound as though there are people in that huge space. Um and then the the musicians on the stage were standing. So we are standing anyway apart from our drummer um and we're all going to be spaced apart on the stage um two meters really um and i'm going to assume all of the crew and that are going to keep their distance and be wearing masks and stuff um like that uh, especially according to a, com- a couple of the other recordings i've done recently um this month or last month so yeah i think that's as far as it will go the social distancing and the biggest most um noticeable part of that is a completely empty Royal Albert space wow um, and is this the
1: first gig that you've done and the first time that you've played live with other musicians since lockdown?
0: No, actually. Um, so in crew we did another gig um, for, what was it? Uh, Giles Peterson's worldwide like online stream fest. So similar kind of thing, like live streaming it um, or like uh, videoing it and recording it. Um, with no audience and then um, I also did a little filming thing and a couple of recording sessions. So I think like work is slowly starting to pick up Um, the live side of things obviously more slowly but uh, I've already luckily started to play with people which has been really, really lovely. A bit extreme at first and overwhelming at first but it's um, slowly picking up.
1: Yeah, but it's very joyous, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Oh, absolutely,
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just overwhelming in the sense that I haven't, you know, not seeing anyone for months and months and suddenly playing with everyone. But it's been really nice to connect with people um, finally on stage and go back to making music and learning from each other in a live scenario, slowly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it sort of makes you realise what you've been missing. um, Exactly. Because I think it does something to your brain, um, Mm. being with other people and, you know, sharing energy and sharing music and doing it that way. Whereas when you're stuck at home, even if you're communicating via Zoom,
0: mm.
1: um, it's just so different and, and actually mm. so much slower in terms of uh, communication.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, let's look at another project that you're closely involved with, Nerea. So who mm-hmm. who leads that?
0: no one actually oh. uh, we actually are a bunch of anarchists <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, it's a equal everyone has equal power in the band it's uh, more of a collective really um that started you know through tomorrow's warriors initially um to give more of a push to female musicians but it's become our own thing now like we've sort of taken over the reins and the direction and i think um the album Bloom that we put out last year really, I think, sums up where we've reached as a sound. Like we finally found like our core sound, which is really nice. Um, so yeah, it's all made up of all of us that's known each other for either more than a decade or, or coming up to a decade.
1: Uh, and uh, and tell us some tell us about some of the people in the band.
0: Yeah, so four horns and three rhythm sections, we've got Lizzie XL on drums, and I remember she was a couple years above me actually at Trinity, um, she was on the jazz course, and then um, Rio Kai on bass, he also plays bass in Seed and a lot of other projects as well, um, then um, Shirley Teto on guitar. Then on the horns, we have myself on alto saxophone, Nabaya Garcia on tenor saxophone, um, Rosie Turton on trombone, and Sheila Maurice Gray on trumpet.
1: OK, um, so I'm going to play a Riverfest, uh, and it's, it's off the album, which is your, the, the debut album. What was it called? Bloom. Bloom, that's it. Um, and, and after that, I'll play uh, a choice of yours by Shirley Tete. OK. Uh, and um, so see you on the other side of some amazing <laughs> music. Here it comes, Riverfest. Riverfest. <laughs> Wow, that was Dreaming by uh Nardede, um, who is uh that's the secret identity, I guess, of Shirley Tete.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh I mean, uh I think that's an amazing piece of work. It it keeps me thinking about um Michaela Cole's television series. It oh. feels like she stepped out of that.
0: Yeah, is that um I may destroy you. Yeah, that's right. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, great series, really, yeah. Oh, game-changing, I think. But, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, maybe this is a game-changing record for Shirley Tete, too. What do you think?
0: Sorry?
1: I said maybe this is a game-changing record for uh, Shirley Tete, too. What do
0: you think? Oh, definitely, yeah. Having, um, I think, so it's released under her name, de de um, that's her, for all of this kind of um, pop work. And I think it's um, really great stuff. But like, you know, Shirley singing, playing, doing a lot of production as well um, with the label she signed with. Like, I think she's released these two singles and then uh, possibly working on other stuff. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I loved it. And I saw her perform it live. Uh, I can't remember which festival it was, but um, Nerea... No, Korkoroko also played there, Nabai also played there, I think last year sometime, and um, she performed it live with um, a really great band that she put together, and that was even more surreal, this song, live, so really lovely song.
1: Yeah, well, I'd love to see it. Now, I know that you've got to go back to rehearsals.
0: Yes I do yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: But you've left us uh, another couple of tunes to enjoy um, while you're rehearsing so uh, Mm -hmm. tell us about Oscar Jerome that's. um...
0: Yeah Uh, so Oscar I've known for ages like um, I met him first as well at Trinity Um, brilliant guitarist and I think just as a writer he's fantastic so he's just released his He's had a couple EPs out which were beautiful and then he's just released his debut album Breathe Deep this year. Um, so I've just like listened to that and that this tune that I chose is from there. And then also another release, this, there's so many brilliant releases this year, but another brilliant one that I've been listening to a lot is um, Tom Mish and Youssef Day's um, released the album with Blue Note as well. So I think the other tune I've chosen um, is one of my favourites from there. Is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um,
0: because uh,
1: he, he, Z- Zara McFarlane is. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow! Excuse
0: me. Well, when I was putting together what I was sending, that was one of them. The Tom Meash Youssef days, but Zara McFarlane that was also re- released. Um, okay. Her, um, yeah. Okay. And okay. Well, will you will you
1: send me the Tom then, uh, and uh, and I'll play it next week. Um, okay. But but I'll, I'll play the Zara McFarlane today. That's uh, Future Echoes of Songs of an Unknown Tongue. So yeah. tell us a bit about Zara.
0: Um, yeah, I really loved um, her work on this because I love how it's encapsulating her heritage, her Jamaican heritage. And also like just speaking, I guess, from a black British point of view, um, the beauty and celebrating blackness, um, which... Um, I thought it was really lovely. And then also the production uh, on some of the tracks I thought was really um, great and interesting. So I've been checking that out as well. There's been lots of really great releases this year and last year that I'm sort of backtracking and catching up listening to.
1: Well, um, but thanks so much for sharing some precious break time with us. And and it's just great to know that there are rehearsals going on and that you'll be playing live on Monday mm-hmm. night. On uh, is, it, is it a late night prom or a regular prom? I or?
0: think I think it's um, a regular. I think we start playing around 7.30.
1: Yeah. OK. Um, and uh, all the tickets are sold because there were no tickets being sold. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, look, great talking to you. Um, it would be nice if sometime in the future when uh, people can, you know, meet in studios, that if you came mm-hmm. in and did some live stuff, that would be great. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely, I'd love to. And thanks for having me on the show today even via
1: telephone. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a real pleasure. Anyway, well, good, good luck with everything. And um, I'm going to play uh, Sun for Someone right now. Bye-bye. Brilliant. Have a good rehearsal.
0: Thank you.